can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now podcast. I am your host, Jackie Koch. And today we are talking all about onboarding new team members into your business and providing a simple, easy to implement 30, 60, 90 day check-in and review process that will help your new hires become effective more quickly and also just help you build some, some muscles in your team member that you may not actually think about. So super excited to dig into this topic, something that I think every company struggles with, whether you're a large company or a small company. And so wanted to start out with some stats that I think are super important for you to remember as you're onboarding new people into your business. So Gallup, this um, research company that does a lot of stuff around team building, HR, people stuff, um, Gallup has some interesting research. And according to some of their research, their data suggests that it takes an average of 12 months to a full year for a new hire to reach their peak performance. Now, that's probably a bit insane. And you're like, no, I need them to start executing in two, two weeks. Well, guess what? That's why you are, you are hiring early, right? And planning for it, but also doing some of these, implementing some, some stuff that may help um, shorten that time frame. So some other data that they have suggests that of new team members that you bring into your business they reach about 25% product. And this is, well, let me back up a second, actually. So if you have a new hire training process, which let's be honest, most of us don't have, very few companies do it well. Um, but this process I'm going to talk about is at least a step in the right direction, right? So anyways, the data. Of the companies that have some sort of a training process, it, a new hire reaches their about 25% productivity in their first 30 days, 50% by the end of 60, and about 75% after 90 days. So implementing some of this stuff can help, right? Like let's think about this. In 90 days, if your new hire is 75% productive, that's 75% more productivity than what you had before you hired the person, right? Usually if you're not doing a backfill and you're just hiring because you need it. So even if they're only 75% productive from three months until 12 months, that's still significantly more improvement than you're seeing if you didn't hire the person in general. So keep that in mind. So all of that to say, it's important that you have a structure for onboarding. You spend so much time and money finding the person, hiring the person. Why not spend a little bit of thought 
making sure they're onboarded correctly. Don't let it stop after their first day and they're, you know, when they're onboarded. So one last stat I want to throw your way that I found to be super interesting in prepping for this, this episode. Data also shows that new team members are 3.4 times more likely to likely to feel that their onboarding was successful when their manager is involved in the process. So a lot, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've definitely been there where I'm onboarded and don't hear from the manager again, my manager for a long time, right? It's easy to do. Um, However, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a small business. And so it's very likely that you are going to be the one training this person, onboarding. So you're likely to be involved in in the process and that's great, right? Um, But this podcast is going to teach you how to take your bossing up a notch and put a little bit more of a formalized, structured check-in process that helps you kind of go beyond that tactical training and onboarding and into more of the coaching and leadership seat, which is something that you definitely want to do as a manager and you want to do it early. Um, And so... We're going to learn today a really simple 30, 60, 90 day check-in process that you can start implementing today with your new hires. And I recommend you do this whenever you onboard somebody new and whenever somebody moves into a new role, whether that's a promotion or just a change in in job scope, do this when that happens as well. Um, The questions might change a little bit if it's somebody who's been on your team for a year already and is moving into a brand new role. But the process should be the same. And it's so critical that you do that for somebody who moves, transitions into a new role or gets promoted, especially if they're moving into a leadership role for the first time. It's super critical that you don't just like leave them out to float, right? Do check-ins with them and see how it's going. So what this is going to do is it's going to help you understand if the, the new hire is engaged at work if your company is meeting their expectations of when they joined, what was done well in the onboarding process, what could you do differently to help onboard people better in the future? You want to learn from it. So why not take this opportunity and then let give them, and it will help you learn if they would recommend your company to their peers. It's a good time to to implement a review request process. Um, And what I mean by that is after 90 days, especially if it's a new hire that's doing well, ask them to leave a review for you, whether it's on Glassdoor um, and some of the other review sites, right, for for employees. Because as you know, like just like people – Um, you know, you go to Yelp to find the restaurant or the service provider that you want to use. Employees do that as well. And so you want to be proactive and asking for reviews. And this is a great way to ask for it without it seeming weird because employees don't oftentimes leave reviews unless it's bad, just like you don't usually leave a review unless it's bad for a, a company. And so having this framework allows you a checkpoint after 90 days to say, hey, Recruiting is is really um, a, a team effort, and people really want to know your opinion on working here when they're assessing us as a place to work. Would you be willing to leave us a review on Glassdoor? Super simple and doesn't feel like you're um, looking for people to leave um, or forcing your team to, to leave reviews. So that is another reason why um, and something you can do at the end of the 90 days as well. So 
diving back into the process. So the first and most important step is to get it on the calendar. So literally schedule these in as a part of their onboarding plan. So before their first day, during their first week, put these check-in points on the calendar. You're going to think you're going to remember. You're going to be like, okay, at 90 days, I'll do a check-in with them. Well, guess what? 90 days comes really damn fast and you're going to forget about it or you'll be like, oh, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And then you're never going to do it. Trust me, I've been there. I've, I've, I've done that with almost every single one of my team members. And so don't do that. You won't remember. Put these on the calendar before their first day and bring it up during the new hire's first week and be like, hey, you're going to see on your calendar at 30 days, we have a 30-day check-in. At 60 days, we also have one as well as at 90 days. If you look in the calendar invite, you're going to see what you need to prepare for these meetings and what we're going to talk about. Um, so you're setting them up to know what to be, what's expected of them, and also kind of giving them a roadmap for what's going to happen in their onboarding, making them feel a lot better in the process. Starting a new job is scary. And so giving them a roadmap helps for sure. So their first 30 days. The first thing you want to think about and remember is the focus of 30 days for them should be learning about your company learning about your industry, the team dynamics, um, your business overall, any documents, SOPs, playbooks that they need to read, systems or platforms or workflows they need to learn, products and services that you offer. It's about them learning the ins and outs and giving them time to absorb it all. It's a lot. You're firing on all cylinders. Your brain is really absorbing a ton of new information as you're assimilating into a new team and a new business. And so give them time to learn that stuff and give them time during the work week to learn the systems and platforms that you use. I think it's critical that you remember not everybody knows how to use Asana or Slack or you know some of these other tools that you have. And so set them up with trainings on how to do that. Um, show them important help desk videos and tickets. Put it on their calendar. Like these two, this two-hour block, I want you watching videos on Asana or I don't know, film looms on how how your team is, your workflows are set up in Asana and what feeds into what and why it's important to add this. Do that so that they can learn the platforms and the tools. I think all too often, especially if you're an early stage company or a startup, you just assume people know how to use the platforms and then they're too embarrassed to say they don't know. And so they think that they're, they, and I'm speaking from experience, I did this. I'm like, okay, at night I will spend three hours learning how to use Asana. I don't. So if I would have just taken that three hours during the work week, I think it would have been a lot, a hell of a lot more productive, a hell of a lot faster. So I went off on a tangent back to 30 days. Um, you also want to think about what you want them to learn within the first 30 days and make sure you communicate that to them and so that they know what to expect. Um, and I highly recommend that you meet with this new hire daily during their first week. And after the first week, you can transition into whatever is, is most comfortable. I recommend at least weekly um, for at least the first you know, 60 days. So schedule the first 30-day check-in and get it on the calendar and in the invite, or you could share a Google Doc with them or some sort of a Word document, whatever you use, share this ahead of time. And so what you're going to notice 
when I list this off is that you're not actually assessing their performance during this 30-day check-in. You're actually giving them time to reflect on things, ask for what they need, and for you to assess how well you're doing onboarding them and how you might be able to change your approach so that they learn faster. So ask them to come prepared with the following things written out and ready to talk about. Maybe not written out, but at least ready to talk about in the meeting that you have with them. So you're going to ask them to come prepared with an example of a time they felt like they struggled on a project, a task, a meeting, or something. Then you're going to ask them to come with an example of a time they felt like they crushed it. They did a great job. There was a win, you know, something like that in in the first 30 days. Ask them if they feel comfortable with their daily and weekly responsibilities. Um, Ask what's going well or what could be improved or what could go better. Ask if they're feeling welcomed by the rest of the team and how the relationships are starting to develop. And ask them if there's any, if they have all the information and resources that they need to be successful. And if not, what's missing so that you can make sure you get that scheduled or sent their way. So then you're going to also, so, so then you'll meet with them and you'll have a discussion about these things. And it's less about documenting quite honestly in this meeting with them. It's more about you truly listening and understanding what they need to be successful and remembering that they're learning and giving them the benefit of the doubt and trying to help as much as you can with their continued learning and onboarding. So that's the first 30 days. You're also going to want to schedule the 60-day check-in before they start. So 60 days out, you have this on the calendar as well. And after about 60 days, they should start to have a, a handle on, you know, emails and workflows and, and, and how, thing, how work comes to them, how they put out work, all of that. And they should start to own some of the key responsibilities and, and deliverables and metrics of the job. Um, they should also be starting to see areas they can make an impact on your organization. Um, so like areas, maybe they could like streamline a process or if they're like, whoa, this, we're missing this, I could totally own this and improve it. Or just different things that maybe they're not doing yet that they, they know they can start to do to really make an impact. Um, they should also get an idea of things they'd like to focus more on in the next few months. And this on the 60 days, you're still wanting to, it to be more about learning what's going well and what's not. And here you can start to give some performance info. You've, you've, you've started to pick up on some trends. It's been, you know, 60 days. You see some things maybe starting to repeat themselves. Um, and so here you can definitely give some feedback and performance information versus just like really listening to what they have to say. So for example, like if you notice a trend that they're not speaking up in meetings or, you know, in emails that are going out, they're not really on brand or there's grammatical errors or something like that, bring those types of things up in the 60 days. Um, and this is what you're going to want to do. So you're going to want to do two things, have them come prepared with some information. And then you also come prepared with some information to this meeting, the 30 days, they're just coming prepared and you're listening, you know, and, and having a conversation 60 days. It's a blend of both, mostly them. And so you're going to ask them what things have been going well in the last 60 days, what things have been more difficult than you expected what things are you enjoying most about the job and what things are you enjoying least about the job? 
And then you, as the manager, will prepare the following. What things are they doing well or need to be improved on? Um, and then ask them, like, during the meeting, talk about it, right? The things that you think they're doing well or things that you think they need to be improved on. Open a conversation around it. Don't just, like, deliver it to them. Be like, these are some things I've noticed. Like, what are your thoughts on this? And, and have a conversation around that. And then ask them how well they've been assimilating to the team as a whole. Like, are they getting to know team members? Are they enjoying the team? Do they feel that it's going well? And have a conversation around that. And so you're going to basically come with like, this is what I've been noticing, like, you know, about team dynamics and you, and then offer again, the opportunity for them to talk to you about it. And so at the end of that meeting, you'll set two to three clear goals for the next 30 days. And so one thing I want to stop and highlight here is you're, and hopefully you've picked up on this, but I want to call it out because it's super critical you're doing something really subtle here in the 30 and the 60 day check-in. And what you're doing is you're having them lead the conversation and come prepared with stuff to talk about. And you're teaching them early on that they are going to co-create their development with you. And you're setting up that framework first so that these check-ins are not just more on your plate to do as a manager, you're really setting the stage for future development and ongoing communications that they're driving this development and you're supporting it so that they're just not going to show up on 60 days and be like, well, tell me how I'm doing. Give me help. What can I do to improve? Like you're really setting the stage of like, this is a, this is a two-way street. I'm going to meet you as much as you're going to meet, meet me. And you're expected to, to co-create this together and drive your own development and learning. And that's not to say you should put everything off on the employee. Like it is your job to provide helpful, um, you know, criticism, feedback, and the tools to do the job. But how are you going to know what to provide if they're not owning what they want and asking for what they need? And so it's very subtle here. So they're going to learn that this is what this is how it goes, and hopefully, they're going to start to realize as as ongoing one-on-ones happen, whether they're not, whether they're performance conversations or not, my manager, they expect me to come prepared. Like I can't just show up and expect them to tell me what to do day in, day out. I need to be prepared. And that's huge. That is huge for being a good boss and for creating less work for you. Um, you know, you don't want to hire employees that then you just have to tell them what to do all the time. Like you want, you hired people to take ownership. And this is one way that you're subtly doing that. And so I want to call that out because I don't think that people think about that all that often, but just like you teach people how to treat you, you're kind of doing the same thing here, right? But it's in a great way. Um, and it's only going to help them no matter where they go, continue to work. So now that we've called that out, um, I want to talk about the 90 day check-in because it's a little bit different. This is, is really a little bit more of a performance review process where you are providing a little bit more feedback recognition versus just a conversation. And this is, it's so important because you want to have a clear conversation around what's going well, what's not going well, but this also gives you a milestone moment to if somebody is not performing and they're just not picking up on the stuff that you're sharing with them in the last 90 days, this is where you clearly document it and give them specific actions that they need to take in the next 30 days to improve. And if they're performing well, 
then you're going to give them, you know, a like praise and recognition, and they're going to know what to continue to repeat over the next 90 days. And it's going to be documented. So regardless of how it's going, good or bad, this is a way to make sure you're clear on where they stand and they're clear on where they stand and are not going to be surprised by any actions that you take, good or bad, as a result of it. And from a compliance and, and legal perspective, it also is giving you some backup and some some documentation on how things are going in the event that you do fire them and they file a wrongful termination you know, suit against you. You have documentation. No, we had this conversation. I gave them action steps. It, you know, it didn't happen, all of that stuff. And so um, I hate to like throw that in there because I really think these 90-day check-ins should be more about development, but I do think it's critical that you realize it's also a part of it, right? So the 90-day review should be two parts, I guess technically three, but you prepare two ahead of time. One is a self-review, again, where they are reviewing themselves, doing a self-reflection um, where they answer you know, certain questions ahead of time and they send it to you. So I recommend that they create a document with the answers to these questions and send it to you about a week ahead of time. So maybe you put that on the calendar as like complete this 90-day review and you attach it in the calendar invite and send to me by this date or something, right? So put it on the calendar. If it's on the calendar, they're going to be more likely to do it. So um, ask them to email it to you ahead of time, like a week or four days, however long you want in order to review it. But you want to review it and, and include some of it in your part of the performance review process. So he, questions to include are, what has energized you in your role in the last 90 days? What's challenged you over the last 90 days? How are you and your team progressing toward your goals? What was the most or least helpful part of your onboarding process? Is your role in our company what you expected it to be? And if not, share how it's different. We want to learn, you know, you want to learn from it. And then what future training would be helpful for you to be successful in your role or here at our company? And how can I better support you as a manager? Have them answer those questions and send it to you. And then what you're going to prepare ahead of time are answers to these four questions. What things have they done well over their first 90 days? What things should they start doing that they're not doing? What things should they stop doing that isn't working well? And if they're not, well, I guess you don't have to answer this unless they're not performing, but if they're not per performing, you're going to list out immediate action steps that they need to take to improve and a deadline for when it needs to be completed. Um, so you'll put this information into a document and meet with them in Zoom, on video, or in person, which would be ideal if you guys live in the same area. Go to lunch, go grab coffee, and do this in person. There's nothing like meeting one-on-one -on -one to, to really talk about these things. And so you're going to review the document together and literally like show it to them and let them read it because you're going to email them a copy of it. So when you write your feedback, remember they're going to see it. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't give hard feedback, but make sure it's objective. It is based on facts. You're not just, you know, giving your opinion on things. And remember, you can write direct feedback in a kind way. Um, and so just remember that um, because you'll review it together. And then the third part, you're going to create 
you know, three to five, however many, however many goals you think are are relevant for the role and, and all of that stuff, but three to five goals that you want them to complete in the next 90 days. And then establish your cadence for checking in on those goals. Maybe you have a monthly goals check-in where you check in on how things are going. Maybe you include the progress to hitting these goals in every weekly one-on-one at the end. You're like, okay, let's review your goals and where you're at to hitting them. Set up how you're going to check in on those so that you don't just create them and they go off into never, never, never land. They don't have to, but they will unless you're intentional about it. So this is how you can do that. And then of course, if they are not performing, you're going to make this a little bit more direct and set up a follow-up for 30 days from now. And if they're not improving, you terminate them. You, you As long as you're clear and you've set up action steps and you know that you're supporting them, if after 30 days they're not performing, then they're not the right fit for the role and um, you know, move on. And maybe at 60 days you're able to determine this. And so maybe at the 60-day check-in mark, you're like setting, hey, you're not meeting expectations right now. This is what I need to change in the next 30 days. And then maybe at the 90 mark, you're, that's when you're making that, that determination. But just make sure you're telling them and being crystal clear on what needs to happen. And so going back to 90 days, we're just assuming that it's going great and this is your 90-day review process. Um, after the meeting, you're going to send them an email with a copy of the document I recommend putting, saving it as a PDF and sending it to them so they can't make any changes. And then reiterate the conversation you had in the email. And you could say, hey, thanks so much for taking time to meet with me today. You know, we discussed a lot of great stuff and these are the goals we, you know, established. I also wanted to send you a copy of the document that we created together, Um, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, And you do that for two reasons, clarity. You might think that you were clear in the meeting, but there's two things that happen. One, people feel uncomfortable giving direct feedback. So you might be sandwiching hard feedback in the middle of two compliments and they're fucking confused. Excuse my F word. Whoa, I don't know that I've ever used F on this podcast, but they're confused and you're not as clear as you think you are. I'm more more than likely. Um, And then the second part is they're also a human. So they're hearing what you say through their own filter. Everything is going through their own filter when they're listening. And so putting it into writing makes it real, good or bad. Um, And so put it into writing and send it to them. Um, And then it's also critical you do this for documentation purposes. So you just saying, I had a meeting, it kind of becomes he said, she said. But when you follow up in an email and you're like, hey, confirming our meeting, thanks so much for taking the time. This is what we talked about. Here's this for your reference. It is in an email and it's documentable for future needs should you need them. So it really is that simple. I know I threw a lot of stuff at you. It doesn't have to be hard, but it has to be intentional and it takes effort. So it's simple. It doesn't have to be complex. I've worked at huge companies that have the most layered performance review processes that are just not helpful. People are annoyed to do them. They don't take them seriously. And this is a simple way to accomplish the same thing in a way that people actually enjoy and take serious. But it takes intention and it takes effort, both of which will be 100% worth it for your business and for the employee. So I really, really, really strongly recommend this with all employees, 
even contract, well, I would probably save it to employees, but that's a whole other conversation as to why <laughs> you don't want a contractor to feel as though they are an employee and be able to pr prove that if, if challenged. So definitely do this for employees. Um, and I've created a free worksheet with the simple free um, framework. If you head over to peopleprinciples.co, um, you can download it and start using it and you can decide to turn it into Google Forms, to turn it into Airtable Forms. You can figure out, you can even probably, um, if you're using like a Gusto or another HR tool, they have a performance review process. You could probably create it in there, um, but start doing these and schedule them. And I'm excited to, to, to hear how it helps with your new hires and their performance. Like let's get them operating at 75% pr productivity in their first 90 days. That's huge. Um, so thanks for tuning in and excited to hear how it goes and we'll catch you next time. to outsource your hiring completely and finally make that key hire our hiring team at people principles is your not so secret weapon let us do the heavy lifting to build your team check out our incredible team and our transparent pricing strategy at peopleprinciples.co forward slash hiring team